Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Emilio Diaz. With me today is... Andy Germuga. Number two, Robert Zemeckis' allied stand, Colin Edgley. <laughs> yes. Because t- this week we're talking about number one, Robert Zemeckis' allied stand, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, and three of his films from the late 90s and two- early 2000s. And to talk about those films with us... We have Varieties, Jackson Murphy. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Emilio forgot the official job title. <laughs> what just happened just now. No one gets to know my official job title anymore. Listen, we clapped. I'm see. Yeah, you see. We clapped and I was like, oh, wait, I'm hosting. So the, yeah. I, I started off on an extremely bad level we but brought hey. you on to talk trades it's good That's hi right. we're gonna break some news this comes out who's tomorrow. doing boffo bo yeah yeah, yeah this week yeah. we're gonna talk about the executive producers on every, all of these films i'm gonna credit all the talent agencies for every actor yeah. <laughs> That's right. yeah, she it's be uh, yeah hi i'm jackson kim murphy uh i'm yeah i don't know i'm excited to be here we're excited yes. to have you back. You may remember him from the Manktacular. Yeah. I was on the uh, Twelve Guests of Mankus. <laughs> Excuse me, the Twelve Guests of Mankus, <laughs> aka the Manktacular, to people in the know. Um, Probably one of the top eight guests on the Manktacular. <laughs> yeah, easy. One. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a I got Colin in my corner immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't even have to think about it. Um, no, all Take of our guests have always been great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. we're going to talk about three of the films he's directed and do a little bit of career context. Yeah. The three films yeah. we will be talking about are Charisma, Seance, and Pulse. Right. And, and it's basically say, a three-movie run. I guess yeah. there's one thing yeah. in between Charisma and Seance that I don't know what it is. And this but. run sort of starts with Cure. Uh, yeah. But this I just... Is, oh, you sorry. Go, you go. Well, yes, I was going to say, uh, a bit of context. This is part two of Spooky Month. <laughs> so, it is Spooky Month. We're still we're talking, <laughs> yeah, we're talking some spooky movies, some creepy movies. We're not talking about his movie that's called Creepy. No, these, that's later. Two of these, I would say, are scary. And one of these, I would say, is very scary. And then one of these is not really scary at all. <laughs> but... <laughs> Guess which one I liked. Yeah. I'd say... I, uh, one of them is very scary. One of them's like kind of scary. One of them's kind of just like it's a good time. <laughs> sure, yeah. And then yeah, we wanted to have you on for this because we know you're a Kiyoshi fan. Yeah, yeah. So my Kiyoshi history is um in the summer of 2017. Wait, 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 wait. Please, please, please. What's your film festival history, Jackson? Yes, there we go. The number one question we always ask on Kenneth. And we, we always, always remember that right that's a good one. I do know this that you, you had a you have a. I that's have why you have some interesting good ones. Yeah, well, I have an interesting one. I mean, I I live in the uh, Bay Area, so I've been to like um, 
San Francisco Film Get hyphy. Screenings. It was like a noir film festival in January. But I've only ever uh, done like a long distance travel for one film festival, which was the Telluride Film Festival in 2017, <laughs> um, which was good. I'm happy I did it. Um, I did like suffer some mix of like anxiety attacks and like elevation sickness for like a sure I mean, look span. the altitude gets the telluride classic yeah so like during q a's like i like just freak out and have to leave the room because i'd be like okay if i like what what if i draw attention away from the person talking in some way i need to get out of here um but it's a lot of fun uh, what was the lineup that year or like what were the highlights what was the lineup that year opening night was shape of water so this is 2016 uh, yeah 2017 2017 yeah yeah there was shape of water uh first reformed was there lady bird was there mm-hmm. what else was there lean on pete remember lean on pete lean on pete hell yeah hi they yeah. kill a horse yeah, i haven't seen it <laughs> but i guess spoiler alert <laughs> lean on pete's the name of the horse and it does it's like makes it halfway through maybe um, wow yeah, that was the year of horse killings in movies do they kill a horse in the rider did they kill a horse in the rider? The rider was there. Sure. Um, I <laughs> mean, thoroughbreds, they kill a horse. Uh, there was, what else was there? I mean. Oh, was, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I think I think they do kill a horse in the rider. Maybe not like a, the main horse. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen sure. the rider. Um, anyway. Yeah. Any other Telluride highlights, Jackson? <laughs> oh, it was just like a, it was a nice time. It was part of like a, a student group that I applied mm-hmm. to and me and a friend went and we drove up together from denver yeah and just had a good time i'd like to go back one day and acclimate in some way (laughs) sure Uh, yeah go a little earlier so you can yeah but also you know it was okay i don't know i was happy i did it yeah did you have a lot of say in like what movies you saw i i no, there was like a whole schedule organized for us and they were like you have to stick to this schedule and then I uh, almost got in trouble because, like, I missed, like, a third of the schedule because I kept just, like, going back to the hotel room because I was like, nah, I don't feel good. Um, yeah. And then apparently, like, on, like, the third day, someone's just like, does anyone know where Jackson is? <laughs> oh, no. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was like, look, I'm sick. Right. Yeah. It's not like I was being cool. It's like I am sick. No. <laughs> yeah. I remember the last day they were doing, like, a Darkest Hour uh, screening, and I was just like, and you were like free to do whatever you want the last day and i was like i could go to this and get this out of the way but i could just go to bed and get like 14 hours of sleep right now (laughs) and i liked it that way yeah yeah so now same year you say you have history with kiyoshi kurosawa (laughs) excuse me yeah uh i first encountered kiyoshi Oh, I also saw Creepy in 2016, and, like, it kind of went right over my head, and I'd like to give that movie another chance. I was, like, just watching that because it was, like, year-end catch-up stuff, and that was, like, one of the first years I was really, like, taking film seriously. But um, in 2017, over the summer, I got my wisdom teeth taken out, <laughs> and a co-worker of mine at the Balboa Theater in San Francisco, um, which plugging her that early uh great place but a co-worker was just like here are four kiyoshi kurosawa movies on dvd that would be really good to watch on painkillers <laughs> and i was like okay and like i watched cure 
not on a ton of painkillers. And I was like, this is good. And then I think I tried to watch Seance on a lot of painkillers. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) But... But but then like it was nice to be like okay I've I've encountered this guy and he has clicked for me in some way and then he's become I mean he is one of my favorite directors even though I've seen I mean I've seen like twelve now but it you know he's just had a very long career yeah and it's just he's just one of those guys for me where it's like I will just like go to a new one every four or five months and just watch it and have a good time and that's part of why. One, I want to do this with all of you today, but then also more specifically why I curated this selection of three um, yes. for today's podcast, because selfishly, I wanted to watch two more that I hadn't seen. And also selfishly, <laughs> I wanted to watch my favorite one again. And uh, I just thought this is like a nice stretch of three um, right after his... Uh, he sort of became he came into a more global spotlight uh i think when cure had a tiff screening uh, when it came out sure. yeah and so this is part of a run after that also as like j horror is becoming more of a phenomenon in the u.s yeah. which he you know is tied to in some ways and also i think uh boxing him into that is not it very much puts a limit on what his like abilities are as a filmmaker. Um, but this is like a nice uh, stretch of three films following up to that and following up like a global success. And mm-hmm. he's coming into more of a global stage and they all got little tinges of horror in it. Yeah. And I was like, this will just be fun. This is a nice little trio. Yeah. And so hopefully so it's did, fun. Um, <laughs> I should say a little bit that he... This is just like very cursory googling information, Please, but yeah. he uh, was awarded a scholarship to the Sundance Institute mm-hmm. when he submitted the screenplay for Charisma. Yeah, um, and this is like he had already been like working for a decade, I think, at that point. Yeah, um, and then after that, he releases Cure in '97, which uh is that's the first um collaboration with Koji Yakusha, right? I don't know if it's the first, but it's certainly I mean, it might be the first. It certainly, yeah, sets the course for yeah, their it's like continuous their collaborations. Sort of like their I mean that's like you were saying, that's sort of the breakout. Um yeah. which uh just got a restoration this year and you 4K, can see it, maybe. I think in theaters and i'm sure it's going to be getting like a blu-ray release from somebody um and he after cure he makes two sort of um experimental thrillers back to back called serpent death and eyes of the spider um and then he makes charisma which is at Cannes in 1999 and directors fortnite we've talked about this lineup before because it was the same year as Virgin Suicides and the same director's Fortnite. Um, and that year's Palm winner was the Darden Brothers' Rosetta. And what do we think of Charisma? It's a movie about a guy who is a hostage negotiator who, like, fucks up 
and then he is trying to debate people on whether or not they should cut down this tree that's like poisonous <laughs> yeah Andy, you love this one, right? This is your favorite. Well, this, I mean, this is the one that I was like, yeah, this is like, I'm into this energy. I'm into this, like, this level of movie making. Essentially, because it is like, it's like a philosophical debate for like an hour and 45 minutes. Is like, that's like basically all it is. Like, there's like a central metaphor, which is like, this tree is growing here. It is a extremely unique and like eye-catching tree that like everyone is, you know, it's like called charisma right like literally and uh it's killing the rest of the forest and so you just have this guy going between these different groups of people who are arguing we need to cut this down to save the rest of the forest and no this tree is so special and unique that we need to allow it to continue to grow and thrive even if it means the death of the rest of the forest and essentially it's just like bopping around between like what course of action should we take and like that I was very into that. I was like, yes, like this, give me this, like, give me like, there's well, like, what's the right answer? Like, I'm not sure. Like, I wonder what it's going to go with. I wonder what this character is going to go with that sort of like style of movie making, I think is like something that it can be very catnippy to me. And yeah, that was the thing I really vibed with the most in, out of all these three movies is just like him being like, you know, like what's, what, what are we going to do? Like, what's the, what's the right answer here? Like, I love, I love that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, and you watched them in order, so this was your first Correct. one ever, right, Andy? Correct. Oh wow. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I had watched Pulse earlier this year. Um, just because it was like a movie that I had heard was like very good, and I wanted to watch it, and I liked it a lot, so I was also excited. And then the order I went in was weird, where I watched Seance and then Charisma. Um. And Charisma, I like very. It's like a very. Uh, <laughs> tough movie for me to get into it took me like four mm. hours to watch it because i would like <laughs> i would like watch the section and i'm like i have no idea what's happening like the, and i would like like pause it and like sort of shuffle back and like look at what i had seen and i'm like okay i think i have an idea of what's happening and then like it would just repeat itself for like 20 or so minute stretches and to where like me and amelia were talking a bit about like how uh kiyoshi as like a craftsman is sort of undeniable and like especially i think in seance which we'll obviously talk about but they're like his blocking and the way he sort of will i think in charisma where uh maybe he does it the most but there is a lot in pulse obviously but he like uses the background so well to where mm -hmm. you'll just like see something and it's like what the fuck is happening <laughs> and uh i think it's very uh interesting how much in charisma he uses it for, like, comedic effect, where you'll, like, have the guy tackling people off, like, like coming from off screen to tackle the people when they're close to the tree, and there's, like, a lot of humor derived from that. Um, and then also, um, uh, Yabuki, or Yabuke, the, the character, uh, he is, like, he's, like, a very, like, crazy character where he will just, like, pick up stuff and like eat dirt yeah. and like forage in the ground and I'm like what is this guy doing and then like the way he starts trying to like patch the tree up at the end um all as like this this break from like at the beginning of the movie there's this hostage negotiation where he like 
<laughs> which is also a very like darkly comedic scene where he draws the gun on the guy and he drops his gun and then he like doesn't shoot right the, the, the hostage taker drops his gun yeah. giving him an opportunity and he like, just like is like looking at him and then he picks he the gun back up and then he like walks out and then when he's right. gone you just through the windows like hear pop pop and see the light flash as he like takes the guy out and then right. and uh, later he's like, like i thought i could get everyone what they wanted like yeah, like, yeah. i thought i could save both of these for, like, people he did it. yeah um, and then there's also just like well, and what and what's that hostage's demand? It's like it's like restore, like, restore the, the room natural of order the of the world, yeah. right? Which, exactly. It's like some it's like, like bizarre like impossible demand. It's right, like... yeah. <laughs> uh, and he like it's like a very it's a um, he kills an MP like it's a very important person that he like right. that uh, is assassinated basically. Uh, so he's like obviously going through something in that regard. Right. But, I mean, it's and, just, like, it's a very heady yeah. movie. Yeah. He, there's all this stuff about, like, he's, like, staying at, like, a former sanitarium. Yeah. And there's, like, mm-hmm. a lot of weirdness with that that, like, I don't quite have a grasp on what was happening with that stuff. I mean, um, that's, like, that's the sort of ghostiness that is, yeah. like, right throughout all of these movies. Um, where this one is, like, the one that is the lightest in horror. Um, but, I like, the way he uses the score is, like, super creepy and yeah. how it just like builds and builds and builds um and then um there's like other funny bits where like they are um like trees keep falling over cuz like the ground yeah. is getting poisoned and this guy's like what the fuck is happening in this forest <laughs> and like it's just like a very sort of jarring thing to hear someone be like that like candid i guess and like such a heady movie and it was just it's this really uh it's really good like he uses it really well Amelia yeah. What do you think? Uh, watched like 15 minutes of it. My eyes just glaze over in a bit. It seems cool. Just didn't have the the, the attention span for it. Uh, I forgot that you. He told us that before. I forgot. And you had to want, throw to him. Do you want me to cut this out for real? No, it's fine. Listen, I'm sorry. It happens sometimes. It seems cool. I mean, it looks very nice. I'll have. I think I'll have these same things this. Well, not these exact same things, but anything nice I, didn't I can watch any of them this nah. week. Yeah, any like any nice thing I can say about charisma, I probably would have more in depth to say about the other two. So back to you I, all. I am sorry. <laughs> Do not worry about it. It is my fault. I did not watch. <laughs> you are fine. Um, no, I yeah, like I really uh, connected with the humor in this. I think most of all, I just thought it was like. It, and it, it always sneaks up on me with his movies where I'm always like, oh, wait, this is actually really funny how things like just keep falling over in the background and characters yeah. keep getting surprised by that. And the score, there's like this running theme. Uh, it's like a when like some Benny Hill chase basically starts happening between the characters. But yeah, I mean, and it's also, I think Koji Yakusho is so incredible in this. I mean, partially because i mean he can just hold the screen but also he's just funny he's funny at playing this um i mean a cop who was bad at his job <laughs> yeah sure. and was unable to like perform any sort of mastery of his environment and so is basically exiled right. by his department to this nonsense forest location oh, yeah, where he like sleeps yeah. in a car yeah he sleeps someone in a car sets it on fire someone <laughs> he gets like, caught lives in a bear in, like, trap a really at one nice point house <laughs> yeah, somewhere. yeah there are like three bear traps in this movie yeah <laughs> that just like keep happening yeah. um 
Yeah, like someone like has like a really nice house over here. There's like a creepy guy who lives in a decrepit, dilapidated sanitarium over there with his mom, I think. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, it's, it, I mean, from the beginning, it's like, it's just pure allegory. Like, it's true nonsense. Um, and then there's just like also a very violent uh, and funny in their own way in that they're just like a bunch of goons, uh, military force who want to steal yeah. the tree uh because it is so poisonous and powerful um yeah and yeah and they just keep popping up and they keep freaking out about the forest too um but it's funny i think yaksha is so funny at like playing sort of like the losing not as losing his mind but like realizing that he has all the power in the situation Mm -hmm. and everyone wants them wants him on their side and then just like figuring out that like he yeah like he can control it all he and he is the one who will determine how the movie unfolds um and so that don't yeah that dawning realization that's sort of right and there's like no real reason why he is given the power no right and like but like everyone's just like you're the one who should decide yeah (laughs) yeah. um yeah um i did what do we the design of the tree uh i think it's pretty good like i think especially like the way they show it with all like it's constantly surrounded by like metal scaffolding yeah Mm -hmm. and like you see it in a couple of different sizes and stuff well there's a Um, scene where it like goes huge (laughs) and you like see the sort of shadow like like growing behind him of this gigantic tree um yeah it weirdly i mean (laughs) it made me think of allied a lot where they have this thing that is like everyone's Fucking trying to God. get to it and the sort of quarantining of it and how he's like the guy i i just kept thinking of allied yeah um, he just like keeps ping-ponging between all these parties yeah um but yeah i mean it, it's like it, it's a it's a very like i mean that's the thing i didn't really think about like the design of it like it is interesting to just like have this tree with these like what's essentially like uh, like the titanium cast of like a right. head or whatever, yeah. like just holding it upright, and then like you know the branches will break off, and then yeah, it's sort of killing it, right? And yeah, I th- like yeah the the like meshing there of like the net natural, although although maybe like some supernatural of some sort, sure, right? yeah, with like the the mundane of the, the of the metal there, yeah, I don't know, I think there there's a lot there, I think in that image, yeah, there's also um. Uh, Jun Fubuki, uh, who's like the plant expert, and she's also like a, a frequent collaborator, especially in in seance. And yeah, uh, her stuff when they're sort of going at it is very good. I think. Is she the um, professor or the the professor's sister? She's the person. She's not the person who like goes out at the end. She's like the one who stays home, mm. and she's like working on all the plants and like. Um, yeah and saying that the tree is poisonous yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there's all this stuff they have like canned air and like there's like a lot of tension over like whether the air is going to explode or whatever if they oh yeah because he sucks i mean he sucks at that too he's just like yeah i can pick this up and put this down right right? he's like no if you put that down at a slightly different angle it'll kill everyone here please don't do that um yeah yeah, he wants he wants the tree to go away so the forest right. can be like restored. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There is a and, um, there's a quote about um, 
Yakusho from Kiyoshi, where he says, uh, I think he's a great actor. He can play any type of character. He can be a regular guy, but he can also become a monster. A person who you don't know what he's thinking. Secondly, he's the same age as me. So our points of view are like, we're on the same level as human beings. <laughs> and it's like, he is like a funny guy. And like, we alluded to this at the beginning of the episode, uh, where he has like a very, like, specific taste in things where like there's all these sort of you know director top 10 lists that come out and he's like i love robert zemeckis he's like making he's like the only american like making masterpieces or something and he like loves aquaman (laughs) and uh he's just like a funny guy like he um he did this thing i don't remember where it was but he did like a bunch of uh double features of his movies and like movies that influence them and uh he he had seance program there with the toby hooper movie life force wow. um and or sorry this is with pulse not seance um and he's like toby hooper is like the biggest influence on pulse <laughs> and it's just like he's like a very interesting guy in that regard um but yeah this one is like you said you watched it like uh not on pink oh no you said you watched cure not on Pinklers, right I watched Cure on Painkillers. Yeah, no, I watched Cure on Painkillers. <laughs> oh, so you said, was this one that you didn't watch on Painkillers? Seance was the one I Seance. gave up okay. watching on on Painkillers because I was like, sure. I am on Painkillers and I yeah, need to yeah, just yeah. go to bed. This one, it's like, I think I do need to just like give it another go at some point because it is just like, maybe not dense, but I just like, I don't think I was ready for what it is after the sort of. I like, mean, yeah, it's so heady. Like it's it, such, like, like a... it, it. It sort of also reminds me of um, Police Adjective, like the way oh, of sure. just these like debates going on that are like, you know, using the sort of police in an interesting way. But yeah, it's. I yeah. mean, like he, we talk about like that. This is Andy's favorite, and he like sort of doesn't really like the other ones because they're too horror-y, I think I'm guessing. Yes. Is, um, but he sort of just hasn't missed yet for me. Like I've only seen these three, and like. This one is my least favorite, but I'm still, like, there is some sort of undeniable, like, magic that he has that I, like, can't really put my finger on here, but in a way that, like, I just want to dig deeper at. Um, But he makes a seance next, unless anyone has anything else to say about charisma. Um, I think the ending's, I mean... Oh yeah, yeah the ending Amelia is crazy. does it. <laughs> Amelia, the ending's crazy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll go back to it someday. <laughs> I mean, the ending, like, really—if there was any doubt about, like, the movie being non-literal—the um, ending, I think, really just like puts it home because he's like, "All right, I've like, I've got my my balls back. I'm a cop now. I'm okay to be a cop now, and I'm gonna return to." my city which is on fire <laughs> yeah uh, like, and you just see helicopters going to this flaming city it's, in the distance it's funny. Yeah. It's like well i mean a lot of his movies um at least that i've seen are just like very sneakily apocalyptic um, well yeah sure <laughs> where you're just like oh it's everything okay cool yeah, the I mean, whole yeah. world awesome um and like yeah, this one's just like about a tree that ends the world. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I guess and a, and a quick around the horn before we move on. Yeah. Uh, get rid of the tree or keep the tree. Cullen. Keep it. <laughs> Jackson. It's a false dichotomy. You don't need. All right. <laughs> All right. Emilio. I'm gonna say get rid of it. All right, wow. and I will also say get rid of the tree. Wow. Oh, so, uh, can I change my answer now? Day. 
So seance. Seance. Um, this Coke zero. Yes. Um, a uh, you can't. A, a TV movie. Yeah, this one's a TV movie, yes. which is um, also. Really, which I, I mean, helps it immensely. It but does. The like just formally like framing it as you would for TV in the late nineties, uh, adds such a depth to the blocking of this movie i think um but he he produced it for tv he was commissioned uh to or do this adaptation of a novel called seance uh, on a wet afternoon which there was already a british adaptation in the 60s and like today that we're recording this yesterday when you're hearing it if you hear it the day it comes out uh there's they've announced that they're doing another adaptation of this book uh, Thomas Alfredson and uh, Rachel Weisz are making seance on a wet afternoon, wow. uh, which is crazy. Um, She'd be good. I mean, yeah, I think that it's a very... I, I do want to see the original, because I guess he sort of diverges from the book and yeah. adds ghosts. Yeah, um, the, the book... Well, yeah, first, I guess, uh, let's do the premise, and then... Sure. Um, yeah. So, but so, yeah, he, he makes this uh, for, for, Korean tel- or for Japanese television, excuse me, and he is like uh i'm going to submit this to film festivals because it needs to be seen in theaters and he gets it into locarno um and it also plays tiff in 2000 um but the premise is there's a guy who's a sound engineer and his wife is uh like she talks to ghosts i and, uh, she's like she can communicate with the dead and uh, she tries to do it at this like uh, these guys are like the the police are trying to get her to do it to sort of like find a um, a victim and like she kind of like whiffs it and then uh, just by happenstance a girl who's been kidnapped like finds her way to the the couple and uh, accidentally dies and they end up being like haunted by her and she's like this is my opportunity to prove that i can talk to the dead (laughs) and it's a a crazy movie uh i was like watching i was like this is great this looks so good i'm having a great time and then there's a scene in it that i was like holy shit what the fuck is happening and i was like screaming at my computer and when i was like hounding emilio I was like, have you watched it? Have you watched it yet? And he's like, yeah, I watched it. And I was like, what do you think about this scene? And he's like, it's okay. Like, it's a good movie. <laughs> and I was like, I was freaking out. It's so crazy. Uh, Which scene? The bagpipe no scene with the doppelganger. <laughs> mm. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, yeah, not ready for it. I mean, I like it. I think if I watched it again, I might love it. It's like very in the wheelhouse of like. A type of movie that I like, which is just like a liar has to try to keep a lie going, sort of, and just yeah. like gets embroiled in a thing. I think my like initial sort of coldness to it is just like, like this is the first one I watched, and when these were presented to me, there, but I, they were just I was just told like, yeah, this is Kiyoshi Kurosawa. This is earlier stuff when he was more of a, like a J horror guy. So I was expecting this movie to be like The Ring. <laughs> Yeah. So then I watched it and it was like, this movie is like sort of scary, I guess, if you if you're like really trying to get scared by it. But it's not. That's not. This one is creepy. That's not really. It's like main strength. I don't think. 
is like no. being scary. I think it's like I, a pretty like tight, like sort of thrillery thing, and I oh, like I enjoy the perform. I think the two lead performances is good. The blocking is good. Obviously, I love the A twenty four house style, so I enjoy the frame. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the framing of it. <laughs> TVs were just shaped like that in the yeah. 90s. Whoa. Wow. Go back. This old movie is shot in black and white just like the lighthouse. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, so I, I, until Robert Eggers. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also had the... Kurosawa mode. We're going to... Because it's like... How tight all the framing is, I, it like made me think of like Bon Joon-ho. And then I briefly had the thought of like... Oh, does he like Bong Joon Ho? And then I was like, this movie was made before Bong Joon Ho made any of his movies, so that's a dumb thought to have. Yeah, <laughs> they, they're just sort of similar, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It's good. Like I, I was the person who made the comment to Colin where he just like he's an he's like an impeccable craftsman, and I think he lo- knows yeah. how to just like block light. I think some of his lighting. I'll talk a little bit more about the lighting stuff in Pulse, which I think is like insanely good in that movie but it's good here mm-hmm. the sound design is insane this yeah the wind and like the lightning in this yeah. is crazy in that rainstorm um yeah there's like i mean you talk about the blocking there's like so many shots where it's like because it's just a small apartment it's like yeah and the the sort of like letterboxing of the tv format helps to where it's like his head's right here then you have like a wall and then her in the background and then she'll just walk and the camera will like pull back with her as she's walking past him and then he's in the background and i'm like this is insane yeah. and then also like he's got this way where and the sort of exteriors and like the um when they're like not in the apartment but like in the uh, sound studio or whatever the camera just glides in this way and then you'll have scenes where he's like over someone's shoulder like handheld and like it's so jarring and like obviously that's what he's doing in this like crazy scenes when they're like grabbing this girl but it is you know it just like makes you perk up it also had like these these, like very good pans yeah that sort of reminded me like it's like take on like using sort of horror elements i was sort of reminded of the sixth sense which is another movie that I think uses pans really well to, like, reveal characters in the background. And obviously that movie is also playing around with, like, ghosts. But, I'd, yeah, it's, it's just, like, exceptionally made. I'd, I'd, yeah. I don't really have yeah. a lot to say about it. Andy. The TV. <laughs> no, Jackson, say the thing you're Yeah, please. No, More yeah. positivity. <laughs> yeah. Andy will just be like, Dude, I don't have anything, really. Like, go. Go. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like, the made-for-TV um, aspect of it, I think, is, like, I mean, it's really, it becomes, it's uh, just, like, the main attraction of it. It is so um, intimate. It's just about this marriage, basically, um, and just really tight architecture, really tight two shots, and it just really just digs into this relationship between two great actors, um, and like a lot of Kyoshi movies, it's about like just people who are sort of like bored or dissatisfied with their reality or their current situation. And then a ghost comes in or some freaky supernatural thing. Yeah. And it gives them the chance to shake it up and like mess up everyone else's lives. Um, but yeah, like the made for TV aspect of it is so, it also, I think 
puts a lot of restraint on the movie in a yeah. way that like really enriches it and makes like the moments that pop with the with the ghost much more scary um or like the scene where he starts punching the ghost girl that's that, that's which is that's really funny like, to me whoa what <laughs> I was well, like, yeah, that's right before the double game <laughs> i was like on the floor it's, there's um yeah he I talks mean, about oh sorry you go no you go yeah i mean he, he talks about that he's like i couldn't put like shocking scenes in it so we had to like make it quiet <laughs> yeah and like he like is great at like crafting this sort of unsettling tone very quietly yeah i mean it yeah you just get like a very you get a good sense of the malaise that they've just been like settled in for for years now um there's a scene where um chun fubuki's wife is just like is this just what it is for like am i just gonna like wait for you to come home from your sound engineering job every day or can i pursue my career in yeah. talking to ghosts yeah, <laughs> i mean um, that is like a beautiful moment i think because she's like the what she's like um he's like won't you like let me live my dream and then like when he's fed up with it he's like we have to wake up like the yep. dreams are over it's time to wake up and it is just like i mean enough's enough yeah that's i mean funny. i mean and it's also it reminded me you go emilio no i was gonna say it's like a, i think it's like a good depiction of that because i think a problem movies like this have sometimes it's just that they'll be like oh well this person sees an opportunity and they're just gonna immediately jump on that and it's like immediately like go all the way on that direction and like immediately become like a full-on grifter not care about anything and just care about themselves and i think the movie's very good about like showing their hesitation where it's like every time they do something that is maybe a little selfish they're like oh but maybe we should pull back on that and and like maybe we should yeah. take this girl to the hospital and then they're like we'll take her tomorrow and then they're like but maybe we won't and maybe we'll do this and then it ju- they just keep like flip-flopping on it so hard that it, that i that I think that's like a very that's like an, an interestingly complex depiction of that sort of thing where they're not just immediately like completely morally corrupt about the whole thing they're willing to like go back and forth on it and be like well is this how much we want and they just have as like mo- mo- as modest seeming people they just have cl- they just have no idea how to go about this sort of a thing to just yeah. completely go full on going on the grift yeah like the movies that reminded me most of uh were not horror movies they were like 90s like money in the bag movies like a simple <laughs> plan or like um fargo um yeah. where they're just it's just like a plan that's gone terribly wrong because they want something better than what they have at that mm-hmm. time um and they stumble into just immorality immorality after immorality um but at the same time, Emilio, like you were saying, like there is, it's not as easy as that where they're just like, it's not like Macbeth, late Macbeth, like do the bad thing. Okay, fine. I'll do the bad thing. Yeah. I, I mean, Macbeth's great, but whatever. But, um, it's not like that. Like there's a lot of like back and forth and indecision. And I think that's because there's a lot of like, and I think that's a key part of like the way he adapted the book where in the book, apparently um, the wife is full-on a grifter full-on yeah. just like i want to pre- like i pretend that i can talk to ghosts and i want to pass that like to the world masquerade yeah. off to the world um whereas this i think she feels a very deep connection with the dead and a very deep compassion with the dead and that makes it more difficult it adds a sadness to the movie uh while also keeping it really funny like funny enough yeah. that like 
the, a guy can just like wail on a kid ghost and just punch it yeah there's like <laughs> a f- like a few things that like stick out to me when i think about it are the bagpipe scene where like at the beginning of this movie the the sort of like there's these two guys who are like the people who are like hiring uh, the wife to like do these seances and they're just like talking about like the concept of like uh, electro vocal phenomenons and like uh, like how these like how they pick up the ghosts and like uh, talking about doppelgangers and like the idea that of like you see your doppelganger in the world that means you are about to die or whatever and there's a scene that comes up where he is he's like they've accidentally killed the girl like <laughs> Um, because he's trying to get her to shut up and he smothers her. Yeah. And then, uh, so he's like buried her at that point and then he like sees her ghost. And the yeah. way they do the ghost in this movie is that they are just normal people with no eyes. And it is so scary the first time you see it, I think. Um, and, uh, they, so he like beats the shit out of the ghost and then walks outside and there's like these crazy loud bagpipes playing and you just see a guy sitting in the same exact clothes and then they show it and it's him and he like grabs a gas can and just sets them on fire and I'm like screaming at the at my computer as this ha- is happening I'm like yeah. how is this like just the scene in this movie um, yeah it's just a I, complete dead end yeah it's yeah it's like okay moving on <laughs> yeah but the um i think that the way that uh uh joan fabuki does the possessions where she's like moving her body around and like flailing her hair around is like very entrancing and especially in the end scene when she's like trying to prove this and he's like doesn't want her to yeah. um, that's that scene is i think the, the best ending's scene. incredible that that, it's that scene's so it, great where it's just it's such a good mic drop yeah it's an amazing mic and drop like the but, sound cuts out right yeah or is that earlier maybe but also just like the entire thing of, just like the entire the entirety of that scene where it's just like her doing the like seance and the, the husband yeah. is being like God, this is so fucking. It's like secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, this yeah. Is like this is so fucking stupid. Why is she doing this? It's like, it's like you rarely see the moment where they just like a grifter gives it up at the end of the movie, be due to just like them being like embarrassed by it. They're, them just yeah. being like, why? It's just like this is tiring. Why? 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 Do, he, why like, are we still the doing curtains? It? Yeah, it's not, it's not like they are like about to get caught. Like really gonna like. Get yeah. get the the knives put on them. It's just like him being like, "What are we doing? Let's just get rid of this." Yeah, which like obviously and it's like, like it's adding to like the sort of like telltale heart element of, of it or wherever. Where it's just like, is this a ghost or is this just like them feeling guilty about what they did and then and like him just wanting to be done with that because. It, yeah. it's just like yeah. weighing on him so much and maybe that's what will finally stop the hauntings because get them getting and she's like the, the 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 guy with like the stick like the stick with the smoke who's like uh, like blessing their house or whatever so the yeah the, the exorcist like yeah, the priest yeah, like that guy's really good I, I also like that which apparently he's like a famous like yakuza movie actor so Kyoshi's yeah like, it's very funny for him to be like this nice guy <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, but even the framing of him within the movie is funny because it's like the first sure, time you yeah. see him, he just has like a sack of clothes over his thing and he's just like wearing shorts and then you see him in the full garb in the house. 
Yeah. And then when he asks him, like, do you think there's a hell? And he's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's also, like, um, there's the scene where, like, she's doing a seance, like, at their house. And you see, like, everything on the table start shaking. And it's, like, just very, like, cool. <laughs> and then also uh, there's the the kidnapping of the girl where the guy's like are your parents rich and then he like walks up and he's like your mom told like is in the hospital like they told me to come get you and he like grabs her and yeah. it's like so fucking crazy and then uh when she just like escapes and like runs into the you know uh Yakusha's um like sound box like with all his stuff and he like picks it up and doesn't know she's in there um but when the p- police chase down the like abductor and, like, he runs into the scaffolding and, like, knocks it all over himself. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's funny. I, I mean, yeah, it is, like... I found this one, also, like, also really funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the scene, it is, like, a very, like, darkly funny scene where he... Yeah. Like, the guy comes to their house and he's, like, upstairs with the girl. And he's like, yeah, I'm just checking in to see, like, how you guys are doing or whatever. And, like, he, they don't want her to make a noise. So he's wrapped her in a sheet... And it's like holding her face and he's like struggling with her and then he just kills her. And then like a huge rainstorm happens and they're like, well, I guess we have to bury the body now. Yeah. I mean, that's like very like Cohen brothers or whatever. Where yeah. 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 Uh, fucked up. Well, this is what we have to do now. Uh, yeah. So Andy, you loved it, right? <laughs> I mean, honest, like honestly, I probably watched about as much of it as Amelia watched of Charisma. Like, wow. it's just something that like it's so actively repelled my attention the whole time. Like, I couldn't like connect to it in any way. I was like, this is all just like I don't like like this is like shenanigans. What's happening? Like, you love shenanigans. Yeah, I know. But, like, Who's but like I don't know. It's just like I don't know. I couldn't connect with any of the characters or anything. Like I wrote two notes. I wrote. Uh, <laughs> I wrote no notes. So yeah. Um, I wrote psychology I wrote based no in <laughs> in uh, hypothesis or hypnosis. I forget. I can't make it out which one it is. Sure. There's just a line early on, and then I wrote. I don't know how far into the movie I wrote weirdly melodramatic, and those were the yeah. notes that I made about the movie. <laughs> It yeah, is. one of the notes I wrote down was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, you know, it's, I'm sure there is stuff in, the, like, all the stuff that you're in it is there. I just, like, could not see it. So is this where we unpack the, the Andy's problem with the concept of Spooky Month, where he <laughs> finished Pulse last night and said, we aren't doing Spooky Month next year. <laughs> um because Andy just doesn't like horror, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's truly, there are only so many ways I can say, like, I guess this seems well made and that, like, the people who are going to get something out of it are going to get something out of it, but it doesn't do a lot for me personally. Like, just because, like, the genre does not appeal to me. Like, I can only say that so many times in so many ways. Like, and just, like, a month of it every year of, like, th- where we have to <laughs> do like it. Three, I mean, yeah. Three we times a year. We do have another year, episode like, yeah. planned. <laughs> Listeners. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's, yeah, it's just like, I, like, I don't like being scared. Like, why would I want to be scared? It's a one of the top three worst feelings being scared. Why? Well, so when something is trying drama, to scare me, I, I just cry. like, don't engage with it. Like if it's trying to scare me, I like my defense mechanisms check in, like kick in. And I'm like, I'm checking out of this. No, thank you. I'm not watching this. Any- like, I'm not giving this, I'm not investing in this anymore. Why would I watch this sad movie? I don't like being sad. It's different. Catharsis. That's what you want. But Being there's scared. catharsis in the horror. Once you get scared, it's like, holy shit, this is crazy. <laughs> I don't find that that way. I don't like I don't I don't find the, the recovery <laughs> period from being scared to be satisfying. I mean look. This is like this one is like we talked about charisma is not very scary. There's some creepiness. Uh Seance, yeah. I think it's pretty spooky. There's like moments where I was like, Ugh. And now to Pulse, unless there's any final thoughts on Seance. Um, I, I want to, like, just, like, talk about the TV thing one more time. Or, sure. And just, like, say, like, a part of what excites me so much about Kurosawa and, like, just continuing to um, explore his filmography uh, in the future is that he is a director who I think is so interested in what constitutes a film or what a film's place is uh in relation to culture Mm -hmm. um where he will just do a tv movie or he'll dabble in different genres or he'll make a short film um we talked about like eyes of the spider and serpent's path that's like a duology crime film where like has the same lead but they take different ways apparently yeah i'll watch those one day (laughs) um but yeah, Wife like, of a Spy it, was a TV show. Wife of a Spy was a TV movie, yeah. And then he also like cropped it and then cut some stuff out and changed uh, and the frame rate for the color grading release. also too. And yeah, I mean, and he, you know, he, I was about to say he fancies himself as a film academic, uh, but no, he like literally is a film he's, academic. He's like he teaches at university. Tokyo. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I thought a lot about also watching these, um, like Steven Soderbergh or like someone like that, like someone super prolific who has like a fairly rigorous um and minimalist style that is still i think all their own and that will just kind of go from here to there to everywhere and like a cockroach and just like keep surviving and making films within the system yeah i mean um i haven't watched a lot of curse i've only watched these two and 10 percent of one of them but uh (laughs) i do always appreciate guys like that where it's like i often talk about my favorite directors of being people of like maybe They've, they'll never make like a top 10 movie of mine or just like a movie that I adore but I appreciate the approach every time and I always and that's like I really appreciated the approach to both of these movies he's like a guy who has like an insane amount of formal control and it's like I never see anything in his frame that I'm like oh no he knows exactly what he's doing there and this is all a thousand percent intentional and I appreciate that And but yeah it's like I mean, this is more like final takeaways, which we, I'm not going to do. But it's like, after watching these two, it was for sure like, yeah, I, I'm really interested in watching other stuff that he's done that is maybe like not in this specific genre. Not because I don't like it like Andy, but like, <laughs> because I... Because I'm not like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Whoa. You can't shame me. Oh, fuck you, dude. But I'm just interested. Ah! I'm just interested That's me scaring you. To see what else this can be applied. Like, well, how he applies it to just, like, yeah, making, like, 
wife of a spy or making like something that's more of a drama or more of a comedy or more of like a thriller or a spy thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah. Oh, I mean he started making movies. like he started Action making movies. Pinku films. No Pinku Oh yeah, films. oh yeah, 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 yeah. He started making softcore porn. Yeah. Um there's like this one anecdote I think about I think it's in Bumpkin Soup, uh where like there's like a well not an anecdote like a shot i think in pumpkin suit which i haven't seen but like there's like a dorm sex scene happening in the background basically while a character is just like chilling up front and that's that's the focus of the shot um which is just i mean that i think is a nice little um microcosm of like how he approaches genre and approaches filmmaking um like we're it can just be a backdrop and he'll always just like work on the peripheries of it and make it all his own yeah and he also worked in the v cinema thing which is like direct-to-video action movies where he did yeah, something called yakuza, yakuza taxi and he did like six of these suit yourself or shoot yourself movies that if you like look at his like letterbox page there's like all these posters of just like guys in sunglasses and it's like he made like six, like six or seven of these over a decade and then got wow. into the j-horror thing yeah um, it's i mean yeah you see you there's like a you know uh i think i also read an interview with him where he was talking about like how he rose out of sort of the collapse of the japanese studio system and so he really like cut his teeth like making these cheaper genre exploitation movies and you see that same path with like a lot of american filmmakers in the 70s but um yeah i think it just once he's reaching his quote-unquote mature period with these movies um there's just such a command of film grammar and film like just like an understanding of genre that is hard to come by i feel like yeah. um in contemporary culture and it's just really just like beats you into being like a i mean a tr like an artur in the classic sense of like touching anything and making it your own yeah and he the the like more sort of just like the constraint of making something for tv he did make seance he shot it on film which is like anom an anomaly in a way for tv at the time especially um and then he also he like made it for like a very small budget and mm -hmm. in like two weeks they made the whole thing um which is crazy um yeah. it's got like four like, characters yeah, yeah but it is like the Soderbergh thing it's just like yeah we like bang this out like he could do like a let them all talk like we'll just take this boat four times and make a movie God. um but uh but then he makes his uh he is returned to can in own certain regard with pulse yes the 2001 much more sort of easy to pin down as a j horror movie yeah um, and this one i think is just insanely scary yeah uh, this one this is one, very scary to I, me when i watched it earlier this year i like literally had my hands over my face in scenes because i'm like i am so scared of like what could happen <laughs> well, like i mean he just like he's great at like making a creepy tone and then he's also great in this, especially, like, the payoff of, like, a fucking corpse, like, hanging after she, like, turns a corner and it's like, what the fuck happened? Or you see, like, there's, like, the scene where they are, like, looking at the guy's computer. They're like, this is, like, the last image. And it's, like, you're just, like, looking at, like, this sort of repeating image of the 
the computer, like, on the computer, on the computer, on the computer, like, endlessly. And they're like, wait a minute, like, what is that? And it's like, you see a face in the TV next to it, and it's like, what the fuck is happening? It's a scary movie. It's so scary. And it's also so sad. I mean, it's that, sad. that was more my it's, thing, where it's like, one of the most depressed sad. movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah. depressed in every aspect, where it's just like, yeah. Where yeah. it's just like, you see, this is being alone is sadder than dying and it's yeah cool. yeah and to set like... like to set it up it's i mean well there actually honestly isn't too much of setup it's just about a bunch of young adults living in tokyo I, maybe teenagers i honestly can't tell really what yeah, age they're, they're they like, are they're like young 20s one's a call like one half of it is a college student and it's just yeah. two storylines and people just keep kind of peeling off in both of them right. and then they unite they're like and... haunted by death basically yeah. like uh, yeah through like a weird like computer virus almost <laughs> yeah um it's weird it's like it's such a turn of the century i think this movie gets maybe too um for its reputation it gets like too boxed into like this is about the internet and how the internet if you look at the internet you want to die and like, which is true <laughs> and has only become more prescient um yeah. But this is um doom scrolling the movie. Yeah. No. Letterbox review is literally talking about doom scrolling. Okay, scrolling. <laughs> um <laughs> No, like and it, it it is about that, I think. Um yeah. but it's also I think just sort of um for like the time it was made for two thousand and then released in two thousand one, like it is just like a convenient like in modern backdrop for yeah. just a movie about people getting sadder and dying and any well, yeah. connection formed withering away. I mean, this one, is, um, like, this one, it's like barely about yeah, that. This one is to like me. another one of my classic favorite genres of movies. We end up watching for this podcast, which is like every 30 minutes me being like, Oh, so this is what this movie is. And then, and then <laughs> you just keep finding out, you just keep finding more of a direction for it to take every time yeah i think this movie's great i didn't i wasn't that scared it, it was more like yeah it was beating down on me with like the sadness and that sort of stuff i think was like very compelling the one part i did find extremely scary which is basically the one time i was scared was the like weird fuzzy ghost man near the end oh that part yeah, is like that, i mean that's insane where you hear like the dial-up noises yeah and then it, i mean it's just like a i mean he looks i mean that's part of like the whole look of the movie but like yeah during the final scene where um kawashima is the character's name he is meeting just death basically or a ghost yeah. and he has just like this very fuzzy body and this very strange face that like eventually he gets really close to the camera and like his eyes oh, click into focus, yeah. which is very scary. Um, it's, scary. it's I mean when he hugs it's, him, like a, I mean when he hugs him, that's like I mean the entire movie like sort of takes you by surprise, but that's the moment where it's like I literally I don't like anything could happen right now. I don't know yeah. what is the result of this gonna be. And yeah. it's like sort of turns out that it's just gonna it's just if he gets sadder and people just get yeah. <laughs> continue getting sadder. But see the thing you mentioned this with um, Charisma Jackson of like this one just like is the apocalypse like the yeah. way that like it starts out and it's like pretty normal like everyone's like living their life and then at the end it's like 
the like we have to get out of here because like it's uh uninhabitable and like they get on the boat like at the end like and the way that the city looks at the end where it's like oh like literally everyone is dead like we are the only two people here now yeah and doing like light like googling about the movie be- before we got on because there was like some weirdness about like where a couple of his movies had premiered there there, there were like four pieces last year of people being like Pulse is like a weirdly a pandemic movie if you really think about. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. People writing those pieces, yeah. which is like, for sure. Well, we should say so. It was Cannes 2001 in a certain regard. The Palm winner that year is Nanny Moretti's The Sun's Room. Uh, so this is the 20th anniversary of the movie premiering at Cannes. The same time, of course, as Shrek. Wow. <laughs> the same. Oh, and I didn't mention this. Uh, at Locarno, the year that Seance was there, uh, X-Men also played at that same Locarno. Wow. Which is really funny just to think about these movies like that exist at the same time and like how they find their legs or whatever. Culture was um, so alive. I mean, truly, take me back. <laughs> Walk out of Shrek and right into Pulse. <laughs> it's like a recipe for ending it all. Um, but, um, I want a diet can. Yeah. That'd be so cool. I want to jump into the fucking river. It's the beach. Nah, the is where I want to go. The ocean. Don't, you're going to take that away from me? I mean, I guess it's the yes. No way, dude. I'm going to the river. You gotta go to Venice to find the canal. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> what, what did you think, Andy? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Let's you see, like yeah. this one more than Seance, right? I guess yeah. a little bit. It's just like, well, and like all this stuff you're talking, like it's just such a fundamentally pessimistic worldview that I just kind of outright reject. Like you are I'm just so like. Close, right? <laughs> Have you ever been sad, Andy? <laughs> Oh, I mean, okay. yeah, but like you gotta pick yourself up and like try again. Like, like I think come I'm on. Getting at that a little bit. I don't know. I guess. Like, a fun song over the credits. Yeah, yeah there is a fu- yeah, there is a fun song over the credits. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like this movie is too scared of death. I'm like, you need to like, you know, it's like a little scary, but like, who knows what it's gonna be like? And I think that like that's. There's something, like, I don't, I, like, I just don't respond to, like, that level of, like, this is, like, this is such a terrible world or whatever, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, being presented to me. I sort of, that's, like, I, I'm fundamentally out on that point, I feel like. There's something that we've talked about, like, in private and I guess, like, sort of um, on here uh, that you're not doing this exactly, but it is reminding me of the critic uh, Mike D'Angelo, who... Oh. He rates movies out of a hundred. Why are we talking about I'm this just, on the podcast? This is, this is what I'm thinking of. But the way that you're like, already I'm rejecting the premises. He gave yeah. the movie Elephant a zero out of one hundred, which is so funny to be like have such a specific scale. With a scale where like a movie that you love gets like an eighty. Like this year he gave that movie Pig like an eighty nine, and everyone was like, "Holy shit, what is this movie? How good is it that he gave it this rating?" And he gave a movie a zero out of 100 to where it's like instantly you're turned off and there's no redeeming qualities and i think of you as like well this movie said that's a zero like already it's not a zero i mean like already i'm so against this movie i mean it's just like i'm not 
not gonna vibe with it. Like I'm not I, I, gonna. Yeah. I mean, I do respect it. Obviously, it is just very funny to be like, yeah. this movie's too pessimistic. It's not gonna be good. <laughs> and also to where you're like, if a movie is a musical, it's already better than most movies. <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. Science. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I mean, I think like just like. Assessing it on a worldview standpoint, I think I might disagree with it slightly, but I, I sort of, like, enjoy... Well, enjoy is maybe a strong word, but I, like... I think the vibe it's putting out is very compelling, and I think it's, like, a very mm. interesting viewpoint to make a movie from, and I think it is a very interesting movie. Like, it, it is, like, in my mind... Like, the other movie I've ever... Uh, I think about... When I think about, like, the most depressed movies I've ever seen is, like, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, which is another movie that's sure. like, this person is sad, and they're never going to get out of that. And that is, like... Two of the saddest, scariest movies I've ever seen. Pulse well, yeah. Fire Where you like, me. death is, like, basically foretold from shot one. Yeah. yeah. And... It's, like, again, I, th- I, I do, like... I don't know. It's like sometimes you feel like that. Sometimes life is uh, just a sludge that you have yeah. to crawl yourself through every day. And that's like I feel like that. Sometimes. That's, I mean, that, it's nah. also like I think it's so. It, I mean, it's scared. I don't think it's. I mean, I don't think it's scared of death in like a way where it's like, oh, I'm dying. This is scary because like the way people die in this is like they are very. They're just like sort of fade away and they like accept it. Um, they turn into a black splotch on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is insane. I mean, so many of the, like, we talked about the ghost earlier, but so many of, like, the effects in this movie with the ghosts are just in such a muddy ground between, like, I can't yeah. tell what is CG, what is costume, what is just the lighting um, mm-hmm. in a way that, like, really is just frightening. And, like, you can't put a pin down on it, and it's just sort of beyond what you can visually interpret. Um, but uh yeah like i think it's most more scared of like the idea of like other people around you dying and like they're not really being explanation for that there's nothing really that you can point to we don't really know why it's happening or what's going on and those relationships are just cut off and they're sort of beyond and you can like if you want to reconnect with that person it's like a you know they're not coming back you can only go up basically yeah, yeah. you can do and like, everything for your friend and it's just like you're not in control of what yeah. your experience is and like what your relationship well, and, with them is going to be in the long term and I think that's like a very potent very sad idea to think about and I, I appreciate the movie's like take on that even if like, yeah yeah I don't know it's good it's also like Colin talked about the way uh the lady in seance moved when she was viewing like her seances and all, when all of the ghosts moving like the lady oh, when she just very like, scary weirdly sort almost like looks like she's walking backwards or whatever that's it's so yeah. fucking unsettling the couch when they're like the one behind the couch or whatever is like yeah. the one that is like yeah that was where i was like i have to like i can't look at the screen i will get too scared <laughs> and then like at the end when they're in the warehouse and it's just like you see the lady with a bag on her head yeah, it's just like what the fuck is happening. There's also like talking about it as a pandemic movie. There's the scene where it's like when he's at the arcade and he like sees the other guy, and it's just like that sort of feeling of just like being in what is like like you like you f- 
felt it if you went out like during the pandemic where it's like I'm in like what was like a bustling area but it's completely desolate like I'm in a movie theater where like all the lights are turned off or whatever or like a grocery store where all the shelves are empty and it's just like I am walking around like normal but everything is just completely different and him in the arcade and then them on the subway at the end yeah where he's like wait for me like it's just like I gotta go this way we're at the end of the line he's like just hold on a second I'm gonna get the conductor or whatever and he like turns around and as soon as he turns around she just like books it and it's like so sad and so scary and just like yeah we need to stick together like just hold on one second please yeah it, i think that's what also makes it like like jackson talks about like him playing with genre and playing with those sorts of elements like the and he made a movie where it's just like the entire movie and conceit is based around the moment in horror movies where you're just like stick together why are you yeah, oh, going yeah. away from each other what you need to yeah. be together this is the only thing that is going to keep you alive and it's just being like listen sometimes people drift apart and you have no control over that and that's just like and that's just like an incredibly difficult thing to have to like think about but i think it's very good yeah it's like i mean it's also i think such a key it's i mean for i mean not generational but like for like the characters of this age it is such a tragedy you know, like people just like drift out of your lives and it's your first time because you are that young having meaningful relationships and having those fade away yeah. um like yeah it's weird it's like he's working in like in, in like with characters in an age group that like would be perfectly at home in like a scream movie or something like that well something yeah like that, i mean poppy um, they, they tried to remake it in the states in 2006 they did and they were just like computers yeah they'll kill you like, we all hate emails we all hate buddy <laughs> turns tear backwards <laughs> um but um, yeah, i mean there is just like there's something also just the way that like when they're leaving the city at the end and they're just like the people dust like floating everywhere yeah. and it's just like this is just the end of it it's like the end of everything and like the way that they just like turn into like the splotches on the wall or the ground or at the end on the boat it's just so crazy to look at like you're saying with like how much of it is just like a digital effect or just like what they did. like it's like crazy on that level then also on the level of like if you saw someone turn into a black splotch on the ground, yeah, on the wall like your life is over. It's like, uh, I just, like, what happened? It also, like, it reminded me of Vanilla Sky Ooh. only in okay. the way that Vanilla Sky, as it goes, the film quality of the movie, like degrades. And like, it's this thing that Crow is doing where it's like, as it's sort of reaching ahead, it's like incredibly grainy and like choppy. Uh, and there is a similar vibe to this, I think, where it is, like, you start off, like, not bright, but, like, they're, like, on, like, a rooftop garden or whatever, like, hanging out, and then it, like, goes into the sort of dark and sort of dank hole of, like, someone who's on a computer all the time, like a college student who's just yeah. lives on their computer, to then the empty yellow city with just, like helicopters and dust everywhere it's like there is a similar vibe of like the degradation of the quality yeah. of the movie as everything else around you is degrading too the last um there's a part right before the ending where she has to um 
believe the character's name is Michi. Uh, she has to yeah. run into a warehouse to like get a key for a boat, and the warehouse is just just looks like the inside of a vacuum cleaner. Like it's it's, so... it's very thin. There's just like splotches over the wall of people yeah. who have died, and it's just very it's very frightening. It remind I mean you brought up Hooper earlier. Like it reminds me of like the living room in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's just yeah. like, covered in feathers and bones <laughs> and like debris, and it just looks gross and just decayed and it just is very sad um yeah and it's just that gradual quality of degradation throughout the film to the point where like and then like in the end they're just like there's a plane crashing and you're like what yeah and then the name of a huge explosion is very funny (laughs) yeah i was like oh no it's really bad (laughs) talking about his sort of craftsmanship in this one there's, like, single shots that I think about often of, like, the Ethernet port amongst the rubble yeah. and uh, the woman, like, on the top of, like, the tower or whatever as mm-hmm. she, like, clocks her and she's about to jump off, like, right as everything's turned to shit. is so crazy. And then there's also, like, just the way that, like, the stuff on the boat looks. Like, when she finally gets to the boat and we get – or I guess it starts on the boat, but – um yeah we get back to Yakusho as the captain at the end. Um, and it, it's just like, you know, you've got your sort of, you know, escape happy ending in a way, but it is just like this bleak looking seascape. Yeah. Um, and it's just, there's a take, I don't want to pimp you into this, Jackson. You, we've talked about this movie before where you said that this movie reminds you of Transit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really, which is, yeah. I... Or Transit reminded me of this, I guess. Sure, yes. Because yeah, I watched yeah. this first, but yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, I think that's a very good take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Transit, yeah, they're both just like ghost stories about, I mean, all of Transit. It's just like, yeah, and he was talking to that guy, and that guy died, and she died. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, and oh, the lady that's jumped sad. off and killed herself after they smoked a cigarette together. It's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the same thing here, where it's, I, they both feel very similar to me, where it's just about characters. I mean, and, like, this is, like, one of my favorite. I wouldn't call this a body snatcher movie, per se, but, like, that is one of my favorite in, like, genres of movie or types of movies or types of fiction i guess even beyond movies but like where like characters are like really grasping onto their personality and humanity as hard as they can um as everything is telling them to just like get rid of it and just say goodbye to like who you are um it's something i find very frightening but also very moving um yeah yeah um what else kawashima I mean, Andy, I went into this knowing your opinion on it, knowing how sure. you were slightly like, like, like this isn't for me. Um, yeah. But like rewatching this, Kawashima, um, the male character. Remind me of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, this is the most optimistic, hopeful character I've seen in any Kyoshi Kurosawa movie. This character is just kind of like hey don't die come on let's, yeah let's right yeah yeah at one point he's like yeah i want to live forever that sounds fun like yeah, yeah. Why would we yeah that, someday there'll be a pill and we could live yeah forever. that's so funny yeah. just taking the like optimism all the way to maybe we'll never right. die he was certainly the character i most yeah. responded to in the movie sure um, i mean he's very animated his... and he's very funny um, he's gonna yeah shirt. with his like jeans with the chain Love on him. Dude, i mean it's very shirts. 2000s he's yeah i mean and i like yeah it's 
I yeah. really I mean the scene in the library is also fucking crazy. Yeah. Where the guy's like, that was a ghost. And he's like, Yeah. What? They're ghosts? What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> I mean the entire movie he's like Wait, I need to like print screen. What's what's that? Right. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, he's like, just like he's just trying to get on the internet in is. the first scene. That he's like also... narrating, like, oh, I guess I should click OK now or whatever. Uh, it's very funny that the like the the level of hand holding of the audience through connecting to the yeah. internet. I mean, there is something of like the unfriended quality of a com- killer computer, <laughs> where yeah. this is like when he is like just like you know spamming the button or whatever to like try and get it to go back to normal and it's just like oh don't do that it's gonna fuck up man <laughs> like just wait to, like close that computer instantly the second you're like wait a minute this is like my room or whatever right i think he, he i think his performance is generally very good but i think he it's like i think maybe the second time he sees one of those things i think he does a very good performance of like him being like pissed off that's what's happening like as, as, Where it's as like much, annoying as, that his computer won't work. Yeah, but it's it's also like when he gets scared by the thing, he's not like, oh, is this gonna kill me? He's just like, come on, man, why, why would somebody do this to me? What like what's happening yeah, here? Yeah, why would yeah. somebody try yeah. this? Which is, I think, like a very like, good natural <laughs> reaction to your computer fucking up in that way. I feel like that's a, yeah, this is very good depiction. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's like he just wants to get online you know he just wants yeah. i mean he, he just wants to connect i mean it's a weird right. thing where it's like I, I, I like i said earlier like i think the internet stuff is like basically incidental to like what the movie is in a way um we're like yeah like it's not it's not like technophobic it's not like this is technology is what this computers will kill us like it's not yeah. like that i don't think really um yeah but it's just like it's, it's isolating a little i think it's what it's saying yeah it's isolating well it's also like it's it made at such a specific time where like you had to be into the internet to go on the internet yeah, like it wasn't right. widespread it wasn't second nature to humanity um so like if you were to make like a movie like this like i don't know what technology you could possibly use like what is a technology that is like going to further like you can't make this about like what TikTok like you can't do no. that. yeah like yeah like, if you, you just made this movie about an internet thing going around today it would just be like everybody's dead and gone by the second day there's just like no build <laughs> yeah it's countdown or whatever <laughs> it's just like yeah I'm bored on the bus <laughs> yeah uh, it's yeah it's very gradual but yeah I mean it's this like it's I'm getting this technology because I want to connect because I want to reach out to other people and I mean. Well, I don't know. We'll take that step again, I guess, sometime in the future as a species. Um, but I don't know what form that would take. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a very... It is, like, the sort of thing of, like, he's very good at blending the... Like, the sadness and the scariness here, obviously. But then also just, like, the way he will do, like, bleak humor there was like the bleak hopefulness of like i mean i guess she got away like yeah and she's like i'm, I'm happy or whatever i learned a lesson yeah we all learned a lesson and um, we all learned a lesson yeah. i learned a little something today i think what'd you learn andy 
with you, my friends. I don't know. Uh, never to uh, watch a that I'm Mike D'Angelo of Can I Get <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, I know you didn't say it. Andy, play Someone else said it. Like Mike D'Angelo. Come on. There is, I mean, just talking sort of more about his other movies, there is, like, we we sort of tossed around the idea of, like, doing Before We Vanish, which you said mm. is more of a body snatchers, like, sci-fi thing. Yeah. Um... And then, like, just personally, like, I mean, Wife of a Spy, I, I, everyone basically is, like, catching up to that now and saying that it is, like, incredible. And I, I, I really do want to see that. And, like, um, like Tokyo Sonata is, like, one of his more, you know, dramas, obviously, which just seems major. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then To the Ends of the Earth is, like, this weird movie about like uh like a travel show host right like yeah i believe i forget what country it is. this is it's uzbekistan yeah yeah and he, he just, i mean he just makes these movies and i'm like like yeah i want to see what he does like i want to see what his take on like family drama is and yeah. tokyo sonata and like what his take on the spy like cult like whatever like spies and wife of his spies it, it all just is enticing He's it's just a lot of fun. He's a hoot. Yeah. I never really know what to expect with him. I'm always laughing watching his movies. That's like, I'm always, yeah. I'm always like, this is a, hopefully, yeah. This is a good time. Speaking of... Yeah, and he made a movie called Creepy. Don't know what to expect. Before we got on, we were tar- trying to find Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Kahir Eridu Cinema the, the movies of the 2010s list, and I did find it. Let's Ooh. go. To, Let's okay. I think to be clear... The co our co-host who is not here, Jesse, found it once I asked her. Sure, that's good. <laughs> and shout out Jesse. How much of it do you think you two know, Colin and Jackson? I, I only can know he likes rack it off a few. Maybe he likes Allied and he likes Flight. Allied is number one. Allied is his number one. Flight is in, Hell um, yes! First, okay, I know let's the, take a I second. I think the <laughs> mule is in there at like number four. He does. Yeah, he's got the mule is four. Flight is eight. That's really funny. Flight so is Allied eight. is incredible. The best Robert Zemeckis movie. One of my favorite first watches this year. And like easily one of my favorites of the decade. Uh, what a king pick. Um, Flight sucks. Flight is the fucking worst. <laughs> no, Flight does suck. <laughs> Flight's um, great. Love Flight. Way better than Allied. Uh, and like, Mule <laughs> is solid. Mule is worse than Jewel. The Mule sucks. The Mule is and... so cool. Racist. <laughs> oh, come on. The Mule sucks. Okay, so what sick. else does he have on the list? Do you, do you uh, have any... No, one of them, like number seven, I believe, is like the Matthew Almerick directed. Number movie. six is Barbara, the, the Matthew Almerick movie. Jesus, <laughs> I mean, like, shouts we, to you, man. I've never heard anyone shout this. Out. I know Bridges Spies is number ten. I Bridges think Bridges Spies is number five. That's wow. hell yeah. That's I undershot it. I, I mean, don't he know. likes spies. Allied. Just... He just likes the classic formalist yeah. guys, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, Which funny is... you say that. His uh, nine no. and ten. Is there a new person? His nine and ten. I don't think would say I would call these guys classic formalists. What do we Uh-oh. get? Number ten is the Revenant. That's, that's so funny. I remember that now. That's People funny. love Inaritu because Michael yeah. Mann loves beautiful. beautiful. People like him. What are you gonna do? You love Birdman. <laughs> yeah, I I loved Birdman in 2014. 
and <laughs> one day I'll rewatch it and like it again, perhaps. Yeah, I watched. I, think I watched. Good. Bird, yeah, this is weirdly a pro Birdman podcast because I also sort of like Birdman. Jesse's not here. <laughs> we can get, Jesse. Yeah, I, I think I also likes Bird. Jesse, Jesse Birdman. I think, yeah, is not mad about yeah. Birdman. Wow. At least, yeah, I stand corrected. Um, I mean, it's very silly that it like lost a Boyhood or whatever, but like, yeah, it's it's a good movie. For Beat Bird. Boyhood. Right, Beat Boyhood. Number, me. And, I mean, it's just like and, it's a dumb one take movie with like Michael Keaton as a star. Like, I'm probably gonna right. Emma Stone shit, yells at him like, a bunch. Whatever. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> Twitter. like whatever. I, I think like I that. like The Revenant. I haven't seen. I actually kind of sick. I understand. I haven't seen it, but that might be, might be on my version of your. I bet it's good list. I, I might watch. Like, I watch Revenant and think it's good. Number nine is Gravity. He's a bad actor. Yeah, I mean, oh, sure. that's a great funny. movie. Again, that's just a feat of direction. Yeah, those back to back. Sure. Yeah. Number seven is Goodbye to Language. Okay, yep. yeah, that makes sense. Um, let me see what. Oh, and I guess the two we haven't said is number three is Holy Motors. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure. Sense. Number two is The Ghost Rider, the Roman Polanski movie. <laughs> I mean, look, a great movie. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying anything about the guy. <laughs> You're saying he made a great movie. We didn't recently. say you were saying anything about the guy. <laughs> I didn't say that I loved the, the guy who made the movie. That I'm You're daily writing a petition so to let him back into the United States. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get him back in the United States. That's the only way we can make a real movie. <laughs> shower four, please. Yeah. Guys, shower three so much. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I mean, he also uh, he has talked about that he likes Aquaman, which is cool. All Great right, movie. we get it. You like that he likes Aquaman. I mean, look, he I likes the cool Mac. He likes the Macus just generally. He likes the Macus. He likes Castaway. What lies beneath? What lies beneath? Yeah. He's like these are the masterpieces of American cinema. Yeah, and these I are, mostly these agree. are the masters. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, these are. I mean, good. Castaway, Allied, these are two of the best. Yeah, these the are best. what the nine best directors of the decade: Robert Zemeckis, Roman Polanski, Leos Carax, Clint Eastwood, Steven Spielberg, Matthew Almerich, John Luke Godard, <laughs> Robert Zemeckis again, Corone, and Inurito. Yeah, Matthew Almerich had a great 2010s. Matthew Almerich found that out and was like, hell yes, <laughs> <laughs> finally somebody gets me. Someone yeah. saw Barbara. <laughs> yeah. And not the penciled one. <laughs> um, but, but with that. Yeah, with that. Thanks for being on, yeah. Jackson. This yes. was a good episode. No, yeah. Yes, thank really you. Anything specific here. you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, I'll plug my byline. Um, I write for Variety. I'm, I'm J. Kim Murphy. Um, yeah. For reasons that I suspect listeners can probably figure out. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it, though. No, we won't. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Look, yeah, whatever. Um, only writing news so far. I'm kind of new, but you know, I'll pour my heart and soul. And it counts. These days. You're on the website. I am writing. Look, one of the I things. Get paid. That... I'm doing work. Yeah, hell yeah. Where did any you of us can to confirm? <laughs> yeah, we hey. found to confirm that Seance was at Locarno through a Variety article from 2000. <laughs> wow, look at that. And I get. A little penny from the yeah budget. yeah you get uh, your tenth of a cent. <laughs> you you signed a contract that was entirely <laughs> SEO of old article based. It was a terrible <laughs> deal on your part. Yeah. <laughs> I get paid like eight cents a week. It's okay. <laughs> Think about how that builds up. <laughs> I still have benefits. <laughs> I, all I wanted was the health insurance. <laughs>
Uh, and yeah. in just three years, just, I'll earn. I'll earn it. <laughs> yeah. Indentured servitude at the trade. It's, it's cool. Listen, it's pa- it's um, passive income. That's not what everybody's talking yeah, about. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. Uh, <laughs> I get the Venmo notification. The bank, they just keep rolling in. <laughs> um, what else can I plug? Um, uh, against better judgment, I will plug my personal Twitter. I created a professional Twitter for work Uh-oh. purposes, but. Uh, I don't, I'm not that inspired on there yet, so you can follow me at cheaper by twelve film on Twitter. <laughs> at cheaper by twelve film. Not a lot of cheaper by the dozen tweets, unfortunately. But no, maybe... I don't think I've written a single one, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then my letterbox has a kind of purposefully uh, hard to track down username. That's right. <laughs> but you gotta spell it live on air. Well, yeah, I can spell it live on air, uh, which is M U U U R R P P H Y. That's three U's, two R's, two P's, and then my normal last name otherwise. But you can also just punch in JKM in the search bar, hey. and I'll come up. I think first. Yes, I will. I'm the primary JKM on the website, and the image is me walking out of a porta potty in Colorado on the way to Telluride. Wow! <laughs> hey. So and all those logs are up to date. None of the, I log things very late because uh, I am sick. Right, he's a good a follow on Letterboxd because he yes. writes good things about like thoughtful things about the movies he's watched. But so check him out. Four months on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what happens? As long as it happens, it happens. I get there. You'll drop okay. one on a day of some about timelessness, oh, and not pl- timeliness. You know. Yeah. 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 Look. As long as the work gets done, I tell this my to my boss too. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you're writing news articles, yeah, I'm just like, hey, look, people find out, whatever. He's still gonna be dead in three months. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and then I'll plug a Taco Sinaloa, which is a burrito place in the East Bay. Uh, check it out; they give you a really big super burrito, and it's really yummy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right, Andy. You want to run through the pod plugs? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It? You can follow us on Letterboxd at C I K I Pod. Is this the week that we maybe post something on the Letterboxd again? <laughs> Probably not. Um, uh, personally, me, you can find me at Andy T Germ on all your favorite social media platforms and some of your least favorite ones as well. Um, uh, personal plugs. Do I have anything? Uh,. If you're in Rochester, the theater I work at is doing a really good production of a play called Viet Gone that I think I re- highly recommend. Wow. Uh, I watched The Many Saints of Newark this week. That was all right. Uh, and The Simpsons Balenciaga is a nice little funny short. Oh, fuck off! Oh. <laughs> I cannot believe liking The Simpsons Balenciaga. It's, it's one of three. Plug the coffee. Oh, right. And if you like what we're doing and you want to pay us money... Uh, as we recover from having traveled to New York City recently, uh, we are on coffee, ko-fi.com slash can I, C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Uh, any donation greatly appreciated. Any donation donation of $5 or every iteration of $5 gets Emilio to watch a movie that he will log and review on Letterboxd. Right? We're still doing that, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Cullen. Yeah, I'm Clatchley on everything, C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. Uh, I'll plug No Time to Die, the James Bond movie. It's fucking sick as hell. <laughs> Great movie. Had an incredible time. And then also, we usually don't plug stuff that we, like, work on in a way like this. But 
this has sort of made such a splash, I thought I'd have to comment on it. A video of me doing my impression of Robin Williams has blown up and people are demanding a biopic. And I just wanted to weigh in and say that uh, no one has reached out to me yet, but, you know, I'll take any calls that you have. Uh, Colin. What's up? Is it the farts? John Belushi died last night. Oh, fuck. What? No. We have to. Please. Amelia. Amelia. Please. Just start. Just start. Um, well. You can find me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. You can find me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. Uh, what will I pl- plug this week? Have I liked anything since last week? No time to die. No time to die. Why are why? The movie is fi- doing fine, Cullen. It doesn't need you. Um, you know what? Classic this week. Plug and nothing. Uh, wow! Wow! Uh, it makes the next plug more significant. Yeah, you gotta earn your plug. Yeah, I'm out here plugging. Simpsons commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Simpsons maybe plugging Spawn Gone. <laughs> hey. Wow. Maybe someday I'll be doing Spawn Gone. But anyway. <laughs> sure. Our theme song is by True Related. You can find them at soundcloud.com. That's True Related. It says True Related on Spotify. And I believe that is all of our plugs. And with that, we can release our audience. Bye. Bye. Shimmer,